Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clean. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome, everyone, to episode 185 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Taporic, and we've got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about some drama that might bring an abrupt end to the Golden State Warriors dynasty. We're going to revisit the Jimmy Butler trade because Jimmy Butler made his debut on Wednesday. Robert Covington and Dario Saric made their debut for the Timberwolves. We'll talk about how all of those guys did in their first game with their new teams. We're also going to have a Markel Fultz conspiracy theory corner, so get pumped for that. And we'll talk about Carmelo perhaps playing his last game as a Houston Rocket. Before we get out to all of that, please follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five star reviews. And we are now being hosted at a new place at Spreaker. Uh, if you are subscribed to us through our RSS feed, it should be a seamless transition. You shouldn't have to do anything, but just double check. Make sure that you're still getting our episodes. We are now at Spreaker. Yeah. So every app that you have on, you know, regarding the, the podcast, just check it, double yeah. check it, triple yeah. check it. We are at, we're on Spotify now through Spreaker. We should be on iHeartRadio soon if we aren't already. So we should be available in even more places, which is yes. great. But, yeah, you can always follow us on Twitter. We'll continue tweeting the episodes out from there as well. Right. So, we will enter your body in so many different ways now. <laughs> right. With all of that said, as always, I am joined by my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's no, it going, no. Morton? No, no. Stable genius and incredible human being. Oh, no. No, don't conflate the newest Sixer with him. <laughs> <laughs> that's true you know what i didn't even think about that that's fair yeah, i was thinking about this no. one in the shower in the this morning <laughs> because i knew you know you would introduce me that way sure. as you always do and i was just thinking you know the incredible human being right. that's just a nice touch but you're right i shouldn't make a correlation between the two no by the way brian i need to get this off my chest montressel harrell had video shoes i that's awesome see that what? He had m- small monitors on the tongues of his shoes. <laughs> really? Yes, he did. Wow. I need that. I need that in my life, Brian. It's completely unnecessary, so I need it. Christmas is coming up, listeners. If you want to send video <laughs> shoes to Denmark, you can find Morton at... <laughs> yeah, MSJNBA. Yeah, there we go. I was yeah, going to say, <laughs> we're not actually going to give out his address on the air. Uh, all right, Mark, Not unlike, bit- I mean, if they're serious, I might. <laughs> That's true. Uh, we have a big episode today, so let's just get right into it. We got to start with the, the thing that's been like taking over NBA Twitter the last couple days, this whole Kevin Durant, Draymond Green drama that came out 
pretty much out of nowhere. Uh, so let's set the scene for those who have not been paying attention the last couple of days, you know, in case you're my wife and you just don't pay attention to the NBA because you're working 100 hours all the time. So it's Monday night. The Clippers are tied with the Warriors. The Warriors get the rebound. Draymond gets the rebound. Kevin Durant calls for the ball. Does not run down the court. He just starts clapping his hands and calls for it. Draymond, as the Warriors tend to do, pushes the pace, goes down the court, turns the ball over. The game goes to overtime. They ultimately lose. Kevin Durant comes and confronts Draymond like as they walk back to the huddle before overtime and you know just says, hey, you should have given me the ball. And I'm going to read some excerpts now from Marcus Thompson of The Athletic, who I think had really the report that, that kind of roiled NBA Twitter for most of the past couple days. Uh, so, so he said, Green took exception to how Durant addressed him. The exact dialogue couldn't be recounted as it was said, but it began with Green immediately firing back, who the F you talking to? According to multiple sources, Green then went on to make it clear that he'd been pl- making plays for years. He reminded Durant the Warriors were winning before Durant showed up, so he wouldn't stand for Durant talking to him as if he were a scrub. Green accused Durant of making the whole season about him, even though he was going to leave after this season. Green let his frustrations out about how Durant has handled free agency, keeping his options open and keeping the story alive, consuming the Warriors in their season with talk of what Durant will do next. He also called him a slew of bad words, according to Thompson. Uh, so the Warriors reacted. They ended up suspending Draymond for a game without pay. It cost, I think, $120,000 for him. Mm. Mort, what's your reaction to all of this? Uh, you know, because, like, look, the, the Warriors, I mean, I think they're going to be fine this year, but, you know, KD is a free agent this summer. Clay Thompson is a free agent this summer. Draymond is a free agent in 2020. All of a sudden, this dynasty that you know has won three titles in four years that we're pretty much ready to coronate for its fourth title this year, mm. it feels flimsier than ever, right? It does, but this is where Steve Kerr earns his money. Mm. I think he is going to spin this for those two guys. I, I think we've already heard a little bit of it. I don't remember the source. Yeah, it was Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes texted both players and said, mm-hmm. this is what the media want. They want to spin this out of control. They want to make this a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Don't feed into that. And today we saw a picture of Draymond and, and Durant, you know, walking next to one another, talking. I think mm-hmm. it was on, the way to, on their way to practice or something. So I think they're going to look at it and, you know, try to mend bridges. Here's the thing, though. I think with Draymond, even though a lot of a lot have been said about you know, he's out of control once in a while. You know, some some players just are, are fed up with his antics, like, internally. Mm-hmm. I, I think there is a level of understanding that he wears his heart on his sleeve and he will occasionally say some dumb stuff. I mean, he just will. And he, he'll, you know, break character and just you know, be menacing and, and try to be intimidating. And that rubs off on players the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And... I don't think necessarily it's going to um, to hurt the overall relationship of them moving forward because, after all, they are professional. They won two titles together. And then there's the, the, the other side of the coin. That's Kevin Durant and his emotional... Is it fair to say fragility? 
yes, I guess. All right. I mean, yeah, like, I again, I don't think – I think these guys will put it behind them this year. I don't think anyone, like, rushing to be like, oh, man, like, Toronto is suddenly going to win the title because Draymond and KD hate each other. Like, Kobe and Shaq hated each other, and they won three titles together. Right. You know, like, guys can bury this stuff behind them. I think the interesting question, though, becomes, you know, again, like, like I, I'm assuming Clay's going to resign in Golden State. Yes. He said as much. I mean, his dad has said as much. Like, he wants to be a warrior with Steph, as well he should. Like, those guys should always be together. Right. Kevin Durant has made it very clear that he is not committed to the Warriors past this season. There have also been some rumblings that the Warriors don't want to max Draymond out in 2020. Because, you know, if Kevin Durant does stay, he's mm-hmm. going to get the 35% max. Steph got the 35% max last year. Clay's going to get the 30% max this year. So just by simple math, that's 100% of their salary cap tied up in three players. If you then give Draymond the max, you're already flirting with luxury tax territory, and you have right. to fill out the rest of the roster. So, like, so, yeah. at a point, they're going to have to make a choice, most likely. Right. What do you think they end up doing? Well, not maxing Draymond. And here's the thing. Even if Durant leaves, they shouldn't max out Draymond. No one should max out Draymond. Mm-hmm. Look, uh, so I, I listened to, to um, Zach Lowe's pod. I think he had Max Kellerman on. <laughs> yeah, I have not yeah. heard this, but I hear it's a disaster. Right, well, Max is. It's, yeah. yeah. But, you know, Zach, as, as we know, is a smart individual who will say sure. smart things. Yep. And he, he also came in with the notion, you, you know, Draymond really just didn't, didn't turn out to be the shooter that the, 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 the organization thought he would be. Mm. And... You know, there's there might already be a physical decline because he's just not a shot maker. Right. We see that more than more than ever before this year. I yeah. mean, twenty four percent from downtown, seven and a half points per game. Yeah. Like he's just not a scorer. Yeah. He's a he's a great defender. He's obviously a, a, a good rebounder and a good playmaker. All that like he's he's obviously special, mm-hmm. but he is very close to being twenty nine. So he's his decline is going to be pending. Mm-hmm. You don't want to sit there with you know forty ish million clocking out the cap for Draymond who's going through a physical decline. You just mm-hmm. don't want that. So I think it's it's all about talking to him and 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 maybe re- making him realize you know we can extend your career if you just back off a little bit. Like let's keep KD in any capacity possible. Mm-hmm. Like like that has to be the first priority because. Having KD, having Clay, having Steph is going to prolong your career, and also, like that means that your earning potential, at least from a longevity perspective, is going to drastically improve. Right. I I think you need to take the financial route with Draymond as well, and also let him know, you know, you're still a big part of this team. You just can't walk around and crap on people whenever the hell you want. Right. 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 So uh, he's not Jimmy Butler in that sense, where he's just, you know. It's me, me, me. Yeah. But he needs to reel in. He really does need to reel it in. Um, But KD, I I get it still. When you look at that whole situation with KD ever since he signed, like this has been a thing that's just been dangling over that whole organization. Mm -hmm. And I I used to think he was going this route so he could have his full bird rights after the three years. Yeah. Because then he could earn the most money. Yeah. So it seems 
counterintuitive for me that he would consider leaving after, you know, finishing right. up his third year. I agree. So, so financially, it just makes sense for for Durant to stay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I I don't think. Look, there's been a lot of smoke around him going to New York, and it's happened early enough, and it feels very similar to like the LeBron to the Lakers talk. Yes, it does. And like even back then, we were all saying like, yeah, I mean that's a possibility, but like that doesn't make the most basketball sense. But then LeBron chose the Lakers, and it didn't make the most basketball sense. So part of me thinks like may, there there might be this part of Kevin Durant, you know, regardless of how this season winds up, he's going to have at least two, if not three rings. He might feel as though he needs to go prove himself to be capable of winning a championship without like all these superstars next to him. Because, you know, like... So the Knicks? <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I... It wouldn't be my choice if I were him, but I'm not Kevin Durant. And, like, that's that's kind of what the drumbeat has, like, steadily been pounding toward is, like, there just might be this part of him where he, he realizes, like, he understands the criticism about him joining the Warriors. And, like, you know, a lot of people say these rings have been cheapened. And, like, history, you know, when we look back 20 or 30 years from now... I don't think people are going to remember that or like say that just because you're going to be missing the context just because, right. you know, like look back at the eighties with the like magic and bird, like those teams were also stacked. Like it's different circumstances. I mean, the Celtics of the six sixties. Yeah. Like the, you know, it's a different circumstance because Katie chose to go there. Whereas those mm. guys are drafted there, but you know, like being surrounded by superstar teammates and winning multiple rings is not exactly a novel concept in the NBA. Like that's just how it's always done, you know? So I, I like, I really do think history is going to look back more kindly upon KD than basketball Twitter right now, but basketball Twitter right now is really noisy and maybe it got to him and maybe he really does want to move on and like prove himself in a different market without stars and like, you know, weaken the warriors. So all of a sudden the, the, just the field is that much more open and yeah, like maybe the Knicks really suck this year and get, maybe they get Zion Williamson or maybe they get another top tier guy and you add Kristaps Porzingis and Kevin Durant to that and all of a sudden you're cooking with gas. I don't know. Maybe he goes somewhere else that we're not even thinking of. Like the possibilities oh, I are I am endless. thinking. Look, I actually hate to bring this team up uh-huh. because everyone is going to sit there and think, oh, that's his former Bulls thing going in, but they uh-huh. have a glaring hole at the three. <laughs> they sure do. Yeah. And yeah. then they have like Wendell Carter, Laurie Markinen, Zach Levine, all those guys to play off of KD. Yeah. Like, Don't tell me that couldn't, you know, be of interest. I mean, there's going to be upward of half the league is going to have enough cap space, or at least like could credibly create enough cap space for right. one max guy this summer. So he's going to have options. Now, but which I, teams already have an established superstar of those teams? That's the that's the thing because then we can rule the Bulls and the Knicks and all those guys out, you know, yeah, off the table. I mean, it's like the Lakers. I yeah, mean, the, right. the Clippers can create double max. The Nets probably can create right. double max. Alone. But only the Lakers have that one yeah. established guy, right? They have that bird in the hand. In unless LeBron. unless Jimmy Butler leaves the Sixers, in which case. They'll have oh, so it might be a package deal. Oh, so yeah. basic. Oh, yeah. And, and Kawhi Leonard, 
Yeah. Leaves the Raptors. So, theoretically... But the Raptors, Durant, I don't think, would have enough space to sign someone if no, no. leaves. No, they, they don't. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. But my point is, like, if you have a team that can afford two max slots, right. KD might actually be talking to Jimmy Butler, might be talking to Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. Right. And then seeing what's out there. Yeah, that could be something. Or I at guess. least talking to, like, Kemba Walker. You know, it doesn't even oh, have yeah, to be. Oh, yeah, Kemba. Yeah. Yeah. I think he sticks in, in yeah. Charlotte, though. I mean, it feels if, that way. If I had to bet with KD, I think at this point, it's either going to be the Knicks or he signs another one-year deal with the Warriors. And, it, it, like, part of it may just be to troll Draymond. Like, he knows how much it's pissing off Draymond. And now he's like, oh, yeah, uh, let me do one more deal because they're going to move to San Francisco after this year. Yeah. Maybe he wants to see how that goes, how that feels for a year, and then make his decision in 2020 when they literally have to decide between KD and Draymond. Have we gotten word whether or not they're going to change their name? Is it going to be the San Francisco Warriors or still Golden State? I haven't heard anything. I don't know why they would oh. change it. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's either. California. But Golden State is still Golden State. Right. If Yeah, but, you know, they it used to be called the San Francisco Warriors. They yeah, might yeah. want it. Yeah. Um, if, I'm, if I'm KD... I I actually I actually look at the big picture like you just said twenty four years ago or, or from now you're gonna look back and you're not gonna judge KD as harshly because right. you're gonna look at the rings. If I'm KD, I'm locking in for four or five years. Mm. Oh, you can't wait a second. You can't go for the five year route, right? Oh, wait a second. They only have Steph on the five year, so they could. Um, trying to think. Well, then four years, yeah. whatever. Either way, a long-term max. Like, I, I, yeah, absolutely, yeah. a long-term max. I would go that route if I'm Kevin Durant because here's the thing. I had a great career in Oklahoma City. I was mm-hmm. vilified when I left, but I won rings. Right. So I want to make sure that, that that vilification comes to my benefit. Yeah. Winning two or three championships certainly helps, but winning five or six? Yeah, exactly. Then everybody can just shut up. And, I mean, he has business interests. Like, it's very clear that he's into the whole, like, venture capital side of the Bay Area. Like, we we have to remember, because this LeBron to the Lakers thing, like, you need to remember these guys aren't just thinking about basketball all the time. Like, right. there are off-court business interests, especially for these super-duper stars who are looking to, like, remain, you know, like, set up their post-basketball careers and turn their hundreds of millions into billions like the Bay because area. hundreds of millions is just not enough right yeah exactly <laughs> yeah your family's got to eat more come on oh yeah that's true oh yeah that's true. <laughs> i'm like hey i'm turning down 21 million over three years i have kids to feed okay yeah. Latrell, that's yeah, fine exactly so yeah it's so before we move on if you're the warriors and if you have to make a decision this summer kd or draymond who do you choose kd yeah. KD, come on. Look, I get the whole intangibles things right. with Draymond. I definitely do. Don't, yeah. d- I mean, never question that. But look, again, the physical decline does seem to be real. Yep. He's just not a shot maker. And Kevin Durant is still one of the, at worst, top five players in the NBA. At right. worst. Right. I mean, I know that NBA Twitter is crabbing on KD. But who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Honestly, look, I'm part of NBA Twitter, but I don't care. That doesn't and, matter to me. I mean, if nothing else, like, you keep mentioning the age decline as you should. KD is not going to decline like that. 
KD's right. game isn't predicated on his, like, you know, on his, like, athleticism as much. Like, that jumper is not going anywhere. Right. And also, here's here's a one important fact. I actually wrote a long piece on my Danish patron for this. Energy players decline faster. Yeah. Look at Joakim Noah as a yep. perfect example. Yep. The You know, the exception to the rule, Kevin Garnett. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And then when he did decline, oh boy, he fell off a cliff. Right. But, he, you know, even still, he's a bigger guy. Like, Draymond's 6'7". Right. Like, exactly. He's defied the odds for a long time, and he very well could continue to do so. But if I had to bet on which guy is going to be relevant for longer, it's Kevin Durant. Durant. That's not even a right. question. Like, if you can get Kevin Durant to sign a four-year max, you do it and you don't think twice, and you worry about Draymond yeah. later. Yeah, look, I mean, just think of the absurdity here. We're talking about a team that will already have Steph Curry and Klay Thompson likely until the day they retire. It feels right. like those two are just never going to switch teams, which Agreed. would be let's 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 hope it ends up that way. We need yeah. more players who just finish up their whole careers with the same team. Yeah. And then we're talking about keeping KD there for three or four years. Like no one can say after that that they're not you know, a, at least a championship contender yeah. for the next three or four years anyway, even if they lose Draymond. Right. Like, they can. That's just a terrific core. Yeah. It'll be less of a sure thing than it has been right. the last couple of years. Like, there will be more legitimate contenders, but yes, they would absolutely remain in that top tier, like, 60-plus win team, probably going to mm-hmm. make at least to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. Like, as, yeah. if you have Steph, Clay, and KD for the next four to five years... You're gonna be pretty damn well set. It's just not gonna yes. be. You're just not gonna like sweep the finals every year, which is fine. Like, can frankly, I say some? We need more yeah. competition. Can I say something that's that might be considered a little bit hot takey, but yes. really shouldn't be? Please do. Kevin Durant is not a worse passer than Draymond Green. Mm. Draymond gets his assists, right? And he, but he's not a creative passer. He's not Magic Johnson out there, right? He gets them in the flow of the offense, which is perfectly fine. Like it's, I'm not trying to belittle what Draymond does. He is an yeah. absolutely essential tool to what they're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Durant is a perfectly capable playmaker from the perimeter and from the post. For like sure. he can pass, he can yeah. dribble up, he can he can have 14 assist games. He can do those things. Yeah. Here, the benefit right now is that Durant is is the the scoring target. Like it's Draymond setting up KD. Yeah. So the roles would have to switch a little bit. Like Steph Curry would have to set up Durant a little bit more frequently. Clay Thompson may have to play a little bit bigger of a playmaking role. Mm-hmm. But you you can you can compensate with those things. Like you can get something rolling. You can have Steph become the primary scorer with KD averaging seven or eight assists a game, and and you know Steph averaging thirty five. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, I mean, yeah. To your point. KD is averaging a, I mean, small sample size, fifteen games. He's averaging a career high six point five assists per game this year. I didn't even notice that, but yeah, yeah. Draymond's at seven point four. Like it's pretty like Dre's averaged seven for each of the past four years, including this one. KD's been more closer to like four or five, but like he's a. You're right. He's a perfectly capable playmaker for himself and others. Yeah, I mean, and and it's funny why because. It was when the LeBron comparison started back in the day, back in OKC, and everyone was just gunning for for KD. You know, you can't pass. You're a scorer, all that. And then he started going. You know what? I I gotta I gotta angle for that five assist mark. Yeah. 
and then he did it, and then he actually got better, but Russ started taking over a little bit more, started you know, chasing a few assists, and, and then he just stopped caring about it. And now in Golden State, you just realize that, oh, he never stopped improving in mm-hmm. that department. Right. It was just Draymond is so much on the ball. But yeah, he can certainly handle that. I'm not, yeah. I'm not concerned at all if the core, you know, the primary core is Steph, Clay, and KD. Not no. worried one whatsoever. Yeah, me, me neither. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Warriors. You know, like they play the Rockets tonight on Thursday. You know that. Look, I mean, they're going to be fine this year. But like this, this was, if nothing else, a reminder that they have some difficult decisions ahead of them in the next 18 months or so. Like mm. they are almost certainly not going to keep all four of those guys beyond July 2020. Which one well, they maybe. choose or like which one, you know, it might not be their choice. Like KD just might leave and that's right. not their choice, but it's going to be very, very, very difficult unless they're willing to shell out hundreds of millions of luxury tax. They just can't do it. Well, or, or Draymond actually takes less. Even still, they'd still be well, paying. sure. But yeah, I mean, it's, that's well, if They're winning championships. They're earning a ton of money. Yeah. A new arena, yeah. Still winning championships, like I don't think it. I don't think it matters. I uh, honestly, if you're owner, right? Let's take the ownership angle. Even if you might be, you know, m- hundreds of millions deep into the tax, wouldn't you rather, in twenty years time, if we go back to that narrative, twenty thirty years time, go back and look at what your team did? Like if they win, let's just for argument's sake say that they win seven championships overall. Mm-hmm. How much money can you as an owner feed off of that over the next 20 or 30 years? Yeah. Just by I, merchandising alone. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think they're going to operate that way. But I, No, I, no, no. But like if you take the long term, you can right. earn a lot of money just by playing off of that era. Like, just, yeah. again, going back to the Bulls, look at how much money they're, yeah. money they're still earning off of the Jordan years. Right. It's unbelievable. Yeah. They, I, I'm going to go ahead and make... The bold prediction that one of Kevin Durant or Draymond Green, if not both of them, are not on the Warriors as of July 2020. 2020. Well, that gives them two more years. Yeah. Right. Exactly. They like they very well might win the next two championships. It may be a moot point, but I this thing's not going to last forever. So. Right. And then the, we can still agree that going to the Knicks does not solve anything for Durant. No. Def, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll talk a lot about Durant, obviously, <laughs> yeah. in the weeks and months to come with his free agency and stuff. But yes, I, I think it's safe to say <laughs> KD going to the Knicks is even makes even less basketball sense than LeBron going to the Lakers. It's just I would agree for now. I would agree. Let's quickly revisit some Jimmy Butler stuff because all of their players made their respective debuts last night. So yes. we can first start with the six. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clear. They lost to the Orlando Magic. They gave up a 21-point or a 21-0 run in the fourth quarter because it wouldn't be a Sixers game if they didn't give up a back-breaking fourth-quarter run. 
They lost 111-106. Jimmy Butler in his debut, 14 points on 6 of 12 shooting, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. Sixers Twitter naturally handled the loss very well. Didn't call mm. for Brett Brown to be fired. Didn't say the trade was a mistake. Just kidding. They said all of those things. Of course they did. Yeah. Uh, I I am not panicked. Should I be, Mort? No. Yeah. Right? It's just it's <laughs> look, gonna I'm, take time. I am look, I I have grown somewhat fond of Sixers Twitter you know, in some capacity. Especially uh-huh. because you and I've been podcasting for a couple of years now. So you've introduced me to a lot of you know, <laughs> the the pro process people and there are nice people out there. Yeah. But oh my god, do you not handle loss as well? Yeah. It's well you know, it's like the a lot of the pro process people have now turned into some of the leading voices like Derek Bodner's with the Athletic now, Kyle Newbeck's with Philly Voice, which is great because those guys are reasonable. Rich Hoffman too with the Athletic. Those mm-hmm. guys are reasonable and are like, "Hey guys, integrating a four-time All-Star is not going to be an overnight process." Like the Sixers defense was just starting to come together with Covington and Sarich. Now you take those guys out, bring Jimmy Butler in. He doesn't know the playbook. They like cut down mm-hmm. on their crunch time plays Wednesday night. He doesn't like he he just doesn't have chemistry with his with Simmons and Bede, with his teammates on offense or defense. He's been playing with them for less than forty eight hours. It's going to take time, as Brett Brown said. They're mm-hmm. going to suffer. Like this is not going to be the bad the the last bad loss they have this year. Like their schedule is relatively easy coming up, which is great. Like. They have a home Mm -hmm. game against Utah on Friday, which I'm assuming Utah remembers how to score again. I'm assuming they lose that game, but after what Utah did last night, who knows? Then it's at Charlotte, home against Phoenix, home against New Orleans, home against Cleveland, at Brooklyn, home against New York, home against Washington, home against Memphis. Yeah, I'm not worried. Yeah, they got some time to figure this out. Like They made the trade at a good time in their schedule, because I've been saying for weeks now that they have a very easy stretch. It gets yeah. it gets tough in like January and February, so you know hopefully they develop it by then. But right now, Sixers Twitter, look man, just chill out. We'll get to another part of Sixers Twitter in a little bit, but like, I we just we we all need to just we've been saying trust the process and preaching patience patience for years, and this is the first year we're dealing with expectations, and I get it. It's frustrating to see teams underachieve. See Eagles, Philadelphia, 2018. It's been brutal. Don't take your Eagles frustration out on the Sixers, though. Like, it's a long season. This is, like, where the Sixers are. It's right after the Eagles are 1-1. One one. They lost to the Bucks. You got time. So let's just chill on the Eagles. To the Timberwolves side, though, they won against the Pelicans, 107-100. Mm-hmm. Towns had a 20-10 in the first half. Mm-hmm. Andrew Wiggins looked invigorated, had three steals on defense, 23 points. Covington had a couple big threes. He had three overall, 13 points, seven rebounds, two assists, two steals. Dario came off the bench in 20 minutes. He had nine points, three rebounds, two steals, and an assist. Mm-hmm. Are you buying my addition by subtraction argument with Jimmy Butler a little more now? No. My dude. 
Come on. <laughs> no, but what, I mean, what are we talking about here? Carl Anthony Towns, like, when have we ever been in doubt that Towns could score or rebound? Like, right. now he has a game that's normal for him, like 25 and 16. We've seen him put, put up numbers like that hundreds of times. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, my God, he can play basketball. <laughs> what? Right. What? What are you talking about? He's just doing what he usually does on offense. I, did you see any significantly improved defense? I didn't. Not what? He had two blocks. I mean, he had a big block toward the end of the game. Wiggins was the one who played. It seemed like he was playing harder on defense. Like right. I, I think. I mean, I think they were just kind of like drifting along lifelessly as mm-hmm. this Butler saga played out. I would and, agree with that. And I think it was. I think I want to say this is Reed Forgrave of CBS Sports had a column about this, and I apologize if I'm attributing it wrong. But he was saying like they just looked like they were having fun playing basketball for the first time this season. Right, because now they can go back to what they usually do by just expecting their talent to do the work. Mm -hmm. But this is what I'm saying. I I don't necessarily think this is good for them on the long term. They win a Mm -hmm. game, they have great stat lines, and then then what? It's the work. Just because, again, we've talked about this at length. You know, Jimmy was... Look, so part of this new spreak thing is we can't actually swear. (laughs) Right, right. We need to to acknowledge that because it's going to be hard for me. I have to find (laughs) different words. Yeah. Jimmy was unpleasant. You could say an a-hole. I can say an a-hole. He was an a-hole. Absolutely. But like I've said a million times, he wasn't wrong. Right. His criticism was absolutely accurate. Why are we now saying, oh, now now that he's gone, his criticism no longer holds any merit? That's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm not saying that. I just think... I think... No, no, you're not, but NBA Twitter certainly were. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, here's, here's the message of this podcast this season. Like, we love NBA Twitter. It's fun. But, like, overreactionary NBA Twitter is the worst. Please yes, stop. It is. Like, don't take any, like, bold proclamations from one game in an 82-game season. Otherwise, right. you're going to think the Utah Jazz are just the worst team in basketball after last night. And they're not. They had one bad game. A lot of teams that shouldn't have lost last night did. That's basketball. Mm-hmm. It happens. Yeah, Jazz Twitter actually did some of that as well. Of course was, they did. Yeah. Yes. But my point for the Timberwolves is Wiggins and Towns can now just play more freely, which as you yes. said, like is not necessarily a great doesn't speak highly of them that they let this affect them for that long, but they did mm-hmm. clearly. But also yeah. like I, I really do think there's something to look, Covington played forty one minutes in his debut. Like this is mm-hmm. just who Tibbs is, you know. Like, right? Wiggins played thirty-eight. Teague played thirty-seven. Towns played thirty-five. Getting one more rotation piece in Saric. He played twenty. He played the most minutes of anyone off the bench. Just going from seven or eight rotation guys to nine rotation guys is big for them, and I think that's going to be the difference between like last year. You know, as I wrote a column about this for Ball Breakdown this week. Just about how like the Timberwolves just might be better, just by virtue of having one more rotation player. And I found mm-hmm. a column last year, like last March, I think, on the Ringer, where it was like Tom Thibodeau is burning the Timber Pups out because they were just losing a lot in the fourth quarter, especially they're just blowing leads in the fourth quarter because he was right. playing these guys upwards of forty minutes a night, and they just ran out of steam. And I think, like, 
Jimmy Butler is the best player in that trade. There is no yes. question about that. But I think having two competent rotation players, two starting caliber competent rotation players in Sarich and Covington is going to make a world of difference. And like the the pecking order, the offensive mm-hmm. pecking order makes more sense for Minnesota, especially with Sarich coming off the bench. Like Covington is a much more low usage player right. than Butler was. So mm-hmm. th- these like, it, you're right. It, again, it goes back to like Towns, like how he did, you know, there were like these games, like the first game of the season where he only takes six shots. And like that should never happen. But with Butler gone, that I don't think it's going to happen again. Like they, those guys know they have to assert themselves more because yep. there's not a Jimmy Butler there taking 20 or 25 shots anymore. Like Cove is going to take 10, 11. Yeah. Yep. You know, and most of those are going to be three pointers. Like the. Right. The, the hierarchy, the offensive hierarchy makes more sense now. You're right, Brian. I'm very much looking forward to seeing Andrew Wiggins continue to hit 19.4% <laughs> on shots between 16 feet and the three-point line. Good for, good for him getting all the shots that he'll now get. You have unleashed Andrew Wiggins, Wolves fans. That's great. Oh, man. All right. Oh come Before, on, come on! You gotta agree with me though. Here's yeah, the thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, I get what you're saying. I don't disagree with any of that. I, I'm looking at the quality of the the primary guys here mm-hmm. on that roster. Yeah, you are absolutely right that they have a more well-rounded roster. Mm-hmm. They have a more complete starting lineup. Here's the problem: that starting lineup, the heads of that that starting lineup, are not very good, or, or they're good, but they're not as good as they think they are. Mm-hmm. Meaning there's a significant cap on their potential when they walk around thinking like that. Can yeah. we agree that Minnesota is probably not going to make the playoffs this year? Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Can we also agree that it's, you know, they're probably only going to make marginal improvements to the roster externally over the next couple of years? Yeah, because they don't have salary cap space. All right. Can we then also agree there's a major concern that they might not make the players in the the playoffs in the in the conceivable future? I think they, at I think they'll make the playoffs or at least be in that six, seven, eight range. I don't think they are a championship contender with this core. No, right. I don't even think they're a second round contender for at least two or three years until some of those guys realize, oh, you know what? I'm tired of losing. Maybe right. I should have put the work in when I actually had a lot more potential to squeeze out. Yeah, that's that's very possible. And and here's my big you know takeaway from this. I think Wiggins and Towns are enabling each other and mm-hmm. playing off to their worst tendencies. I don't think it's intentional. Yeah. Not whatsoever. Right. I think both of them are are probably fine individual people mm-hmm. and, and, and persons and all of that. I think they enjoy being kids. And that's important too in its own sure. way. Absolutely it is. But I have a feeling that given that both of them are number one draft picks, came into the league with much fanfare and hype, I think they sort of just kind of feed each other the wrong energy. Like, hey... We're we're the top dogs. We have this thing locked down. We know what you know. We're we're gonna be superstars. We're going to be the next this and that. I think they need to be separated. Well, there was a I forget who reported it. I want to say like John Krasinski of the Athletic, right? But someone said that's part of the reason they made the Butler trade when they did is because they were worried about the effect it was having on Towns and Wiggins in the sense that like. 
Butler was dictating the terms of engagement. Like he was doing this whole like, oh, I'm General Sordis. I'm not going to play tonight. And mm-hmm. they thought that was a bad influence on Townsend Wiggins, so they wanted to get him out for that. So you're right. like, and, and that was the report also, was like Butler thought those guys were a couple years away. He wants to compete now, contend now. The Sixers are better equipped to do that than the Timberwolves right now. Oh, yeah. It, it will be interesting to see how this Timberwolves team evolves right. uh, over the coming years. I mean, this year and then beyond, but... Mm-hmm. Look, for one night, Timberwolves fans, you know, <laughs> I guess they really guess. enjoyed they really enjoyed the Sixers losing and them winning. So that's kudos. fine. Yeah, they'll have their victory. By the way, can I just wrap something up with the Butler thing? Yeah, you know how Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden. People have gathered around ideas since the beginning of time. Each successful collaboration pushing innovation forward, building a stronger future. Motorist Insurance Group and Brick Street Insurance have combined decades of experience to create an even better one-stop shop for agents and policyholders, encircling businesses and individuals with coverage at every step in life's journey. We are now in Cova Insurance. Goes to that whole, hey, we're the new Shaq Kobe thing. Yeah, right. Joel Embiid and Jimmy Butler? Oh. I'm just saying... There are way bigger similarities to Kobe and Shaq when it comes to those two in terms of playing style right. and phys- you know physical profiles and all that. Yeah, because NBA plays I mean, defense. They exactly, <laughs> and Jimmy is you know he has that killer mentality. Right. So I just have a feeling that when those two guys, you know, Booker and Aiden, start talking about that, it's just like hush, children. The grown-ups yeah. are talking. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm excited for. Embiid is really looking forward to destroying Aiton, as if it wasn't clear from this offseason. Oh, be... I I think he is. Yeah. yeah. And oh, did you see the Embiid quote after the game? Jimmy uh, told him to communicate more yeah, defensively, and he I was did. like, "I love it. I, I love it." Yeah, I'm I'm not worried at all about how those two guys get. So let's actually let's transition back quickly to some East stuff and just some Sixers stuff in general. But first, like let's you know we we talked a lot before the season. Um, about who the biggest threat to the Warriors was, both in the West and the East. Obviously, the Eastern Conference picture has now changed considerably. Yes. Yep. Jimmy Butler is on the Sixers. The Celtics are not off to the start we thought they would be. Who do you think is the biggest threat right now? Toronto, Boston, Milwaukee, or Philly? Man, you know, before the season, I, I would have said Boston. Mm-hmm. I, I'm still not off of that entirely. I just think they ha- are having a slow start. Yep. I mean, judging them after 14 games would be idiotic. <laughs> right. But I will say this. Toronto is looking, you know, we knew they would look good, but they yeah. are looking a lot better than we actually thought. And yeah. our expectations to them were huge coming in. Yeah. So seeing them continuously exceed those expectations, mm-hmm. that has impressed me a lot. Yeah. And uh, I'm not ready to go as far as saying, you know, Toronto is the team to beat in the East I'm not there yet because it's been 15 games they've played, and you know, Kawhi has been you know healthy, mm-hmm. <laughs> but right. he's been sitting out here and there, and you just don't know what that thigh issue, yeah, or was it growing? I'm not sure. Uh, a uh, quadricep tendon. Oh, all right. Yeah, but you know you just don't know, and yeah. I I I I think it's a combination of. Of all those four, it's just a, an equal race to, as far as I'm concerned. It's Toronto, Milwaukee, Boston, Philly in some capacity. Yeah, 
I mean, I, and I just, it, the the order can change on a nightly basis for sure. Yeah, I think like right now, if the playoffs started tomorrow, I think it's Toronto just because, as you said, they've just gotten off to such a good start. I think Boston and Philly could get there eventually. It's just going to take more time because they have to integrate a lot. You know, like Boston is still working Hayward back into form, and he has not looked great so far this year. And with him and Kyrie coming back, Tatum and Brown have taken a step back. So it's just, and then like Roger is not playing as much as he did at the end of last season. Like it's going to take time for them to figure out the distribution of shots and touches and whatever. They're going to be fine. They're going to get there. I hate comforting Boston fans, but y'all are still going to be good. Chill out. Same with the Sixers. Like it's just going to take time. Talk to me in February. It wouldn't surprise me if the Sixers have a season just similar to they did last year. Where they're like mostly a 500 team until the trade deadline, and then all of a sudden they just rip off like, you know, they go like, <laughs> I don't think they have a 16 game winning streak again, but you know they they just go on a, a ridiculous tear after the All Star break and are hot into the playoffs. Like, I think that you could potentially argue that all four of those teams may be a bigger threat than anyone in the West, at least as of right now. Mm. Bustrondo, 70 buckers is what I'm going to call that team. <laughs> well said. Well said. Yeah. It's it's four teams that we should just sort of merge. Yeah. And then then we can take off. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Then we'd be real, yeah. ready to go. Uh, one more thing on the Sixers before we move on. Oh, they, you know, it, by the way, before you begin this. Uh-huh. Over the next five episodes, you're not allowed to say the word Sixers. Dude, it's not my fault they traded for Jimmy Butler. <laughs> like, <laughs> and nor Kel Foles, who yeah, we're right. going to talk about right now, right. is in the news. Yeah. Oh, we have had so much Sixers stuff. It's 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 kind of problematic. I'm but kind like, of nervous. That's part... I mean, that's been... Two of the prevailing storylines this season, it nationally, has. have been Markel Foles and Jimmy Butler. Like... They just yep. happen to play for the same team now, but uh, yeah, like I would love to not talk about them because Sixers it. Twitter is awful. Uh, but let's let's go into faults quickly. So on Monday he shot perhaps the most awful free throw in the history of the NBA. Right, and that 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 includes a long line of bad free throws, Shaquille yep. O'Neal included. Uh, he like double clutched and said he lost his grip on the shot afterward or some other BS excuse. Whatever. Uh, during the game, also Alex Kennedy of Hoopsype reported that he and Drew Hanlon, who he worked with all summer, have had a falling out. They're not on speaking terms. They haven't been working together for a couple weeks. So that that's the stuff that was credible out there. Right. Then Sixers Twitter went off the deep end. Some second-year yes, medical do. student <laughs> tweets out this long theory about how Fultz has damage to his long thoracic nerve and how if this is the case, it may be permanent. Like, it it affects his ability to raise his shoulder above 90 degrees, and it may be permanent, and he may just never be able to shoot a basketball again. Then, like, a physical therapist also came out and said that. Then this other guy on, like, 97.3 ESPN said he got into a motorcycle accident that was covered up. And that's why his shooting shoulder was messed up. So Kyle Newbeck of Philly Voice rebutted the motorcycle accident. He just spoke with Fultz's agent, and he said, no, it's 100% not true. So 
Remove that from the equation. That's not the explanation. My wife's a doctor, okay? Yeah. She says the nerve thing is possible. It's among it's on the differential diagnosis, which basically means there's a range of possibilities. That is one of them. But it's also possible maybe he does have nerve da- nerve damage and he does regain like it may not be permanent. Or maybe it's all just mental. Or maybe there's another shoulder problem that we just don't know about. Like there are there are still a range of possibilities and I get that it's just such a weird unprecedented situation for a guy who's a 40% shooter three-point shooter Mm -hmm. in college to literally just like forget how to shoot or like totally change his stroke and like everyone is just searching for an explanation and trying to figure out what the heck went on because it doesn't make any sense i get it but like we're probably not going to find out the answer ever at this point i mean or at least not for a while so again i go back to what i said earlier you just got to be patient with the kid like he moved to the bench with butler coming in town He's not going to play that sizable of a role. At this point, you almost just have to treat him as a sunk cost. And mm-hmm. it hurts me to say that because, like, I I really do hope not only as a Sixers guy, but just in general. Like, I say this all the time. We want every prospect to pan out because the NBA is better when you have that much talent. And he had a lot of talent coming into the league. Oh, yeah. I hope he lives up to it at some point. I think the Sixers are doing their best to, like, have a good environment for him to develop in. But... All the focus on him like this is doing him no good. So, like, really, I know it's it's just such a weird situation and you want answers, but we just got to chill and let it play out. You want me to make it worse? No. <laughs> How? How can you possibly make it worse? Oh, I told you yesterday. Oh, yeah. So, go back and watch that three he made. In the first summer league game he played in 2017 against, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it was against Utah. It was in U, the Utah summer league. Yeah, right. I don't know. I don't remember who Philly were playing. Mm-hmm. Was it the Spurs? I don't remember. I don't Either know. way, yeah. The first three pointer he hit. His arms are way out in front of his face compared to how he shot at Washington. Mm-hmm. It was sheer coincidence that I I just I was on YouTube. I was in a YouTube rabbit hole. And I, I just, you know, went back and watched, you know, the, the, the highlights from that game. I just noticed that three. It was like, oh, he actually had that shot. It looked a little bit different. And then I went back and looked at shots he made at Washington. I must have watched uh, at least 100, and 100 or 150 jump shots from, from Washington. Mm-hmm. And then I sat there and looked, you know, that jump shot looked weird already in Summer League in 2017 compared to just a few months prior. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. I'm just trying to yeah. mention that it, you know people are keep keep saying that something happened in between summer league and the regular season. Right. Might have happened before that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just a weird situation, and like obviously we'll monitor it moving forward. But Mort, as you said, like I don't want to talk about it anymore because there's nothing new to say aside from we don't know anything and we're not going to know right. anything. Like the only thing I want to say is everyone needs to relax a little bit about it. But I don't want to talk about our next point because I (laughs) don't care to talk. I I don't see why we need to spend so much time discussing fringe NBA players. That's my segue. There we go. So, Carmelo Anthony... 
Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. It seems as though he's on his way out of the Houston Rockets uh, mm-hmm. on Sunday, I believe. Tim McMahon of ESPN reported that Rockets players and coaches believe that he has played his final game for the franchise. They're listing him as out with some BS excuse. I think just like a general illness, which is code word for we're trying to figure out what to do with you, whether to waive you. I think they've given him permission to like go seek out other teams. So like hopefully they could trade him or waive him and have another team claim him so they don't have to have him on their salary cap. Regardless, it seems like the Carmelo and Houston experiment is already over in what? Ten games. Yeah, yeah. So, look, we don't know when or how it's going to end, but more, do you think there are any teams that could actually use him? I mean, I guess New Orleans because they need a wing. Mm-hmm. It's better than Solomon Hill. <laughs> and and mean, so... Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer did say the Pelicans, Trailblazers, and Lakers have apparently, uh, or he said he heard three teams that I think could be for Mello, but he heard New Orleans, Portland, and the Lakers. Mm. Remember, I I think it was about a year ago, well, maybe a little bit less than that, we had a segment where we talked about uh, how NBA teams still went back to like old brand names instead yeah. of just scour the G League for yeah. young, attainable, you know, quality players. Like you see Quinn Cook be a rotation player in Golden State. You see Antonio Blakeney, an undrafted guy, mm-hmm. being a rotation player with the Bulls. You see a lot of these guys just coming out of nowhere. What? Why are we still doing this, Brian? Like why? Are, why are NBA teams? Yeah, not we. I, I would. Right. Right. So NBA teams right now are looking at a 34-year-old Carmelo Anthony and going, oh, that's our answer. Right. Probably not. Well, I think uh, it's because, he, you know, you, as you said, you look in the past and you look at two years ago, he still scored 22.4 points a game. And grabbed six boards. I get it. And he's still, I'll give him this. Just off of his rebounding alone, he's worth a deal because yeah. he is actually a very good rebounder. Mm-hmm. And I do agree that he has those games where he can put up numbers. So, right. yeah, he's worth a roster spot. I'm not saying, you know, Shanghai Sharks, <laughs> even though that would be tremendous. You know, mellow in China? Why mm-hmm. not? He would earn more money, I yeah. think. Um, but I, I would probably go for something more long-term if I could. Mm-hmm. The thing is, the G League, I don't think when you, when you look at, like, the Jit Wings, like tall, small forwards who can guard multiple positions, I don't think necessarily they are highly available there. Right. Not that Melo can guard anyone right now. <laughs> right. But he is 6'8". He can, he can on occasion, create his own offense. Mm-hmm. And at the very least, he can walk into threes. Yeah. So, you know, it's just a matter of who is your team. And this is, where, this is what concerns me. He went to Houston, a team that had a lot of players around him who were willing passers and excellent playmakers... 
And somehow he just still didn't fit in. So what's the difference going to be here if he goes to New Orleans or he's going to go to Portland? Like, yeah. let's assume he goes to Portland. You know, two weeks from now, it's going to be like, hey, Damon CJ is taking all my shots. Yeah. No, they're not. Dude. No, they're not. <laughs> I know. I agree. I, I think... Look, I think he ends up on the Lakers and Heat, and I think it's because of D Wade or LeBron, or All sorry, right. yeah, the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, maybe you're right. Like New Orleans needs a wing. Portland could always use more bench scoring, but like the Lakers need another head case. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it, I said this on Twitter the other day. This feels like um, who was it? I think Damon Rangula, who's a a Lakers fan, was saying like. You know, compare and contrast, like, Carmelo versus Vince Carter. Vince Carter is 41. He's still a role player. He's still an effective role mm-hmm. player in the NBA. Carmelo is 34, and he's about to be washed out, potentially. Yeah. And, it, it like, this has Iverson vibes to it. Like, it's, I think, the toughest thing to do as an NBA star is to accept that you aren't what you once were. And you mm-hmm. can either embrace being a role player... Or you're going to like still play the same way you always did, just in a slightly lower volume role, and you're useless. And it's, it's harsh to say that because, like, look, Carmelo in his prime was one of the most lethal scorers in the NBA. And he can still do that on occasion, but you can be hunted defensively, and like your rebounding doesn't make up for that. So you just have to be a much more efficient scorer, but that was never his game. I mean, he's a career under 45 percent shooter like efficiency was never carmelo that was never his calling card it was just like i could i could score volume yeah i could score 20 plus 25 plus points a game yeah but you're right like i at this point you want you would prefer a three and d wing over him so i think a team that needs some extra bench scoring it makes sense but like chris sheridan mentioned the sixers as a possible landing spot i i want no part of that (laughs) <laughs> yeah no i get that <laughs> mellow and jimmy butler would no be, uh... dear god no please yeah. no so, no yeah i i would agree yeah i would agree it, it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out and you know you you made the joke about fringe nba players now we could go into rajan rondo briefly he suffered a broken hand uh on wednesday night against the blazers he's gonna be out for the next three to five weeks so that means Lonzo Ball, officially in the starting lineup, does not have to worry about losing that spot. So oh. who, who, who is the French NBA player of those two? <laughs> oh. oh, my God. <laughs> Brandon Ingram. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, oh you, mean, you mean Kevin Durant? Yeah. No, I mean yeah. Andrew Wiggins. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh. Now that we pissed off all the Lakers fans listening, uh, how much do you think this affects the Lakers with Rondo out for the next couple weeks? Uh, more spacing. That's that's you know whenever Rashawn Rondo is injured, the first thing that pops <laughs> to mind is oh the team will get more spacing. Yeah, I don't doubt for a second he's brilliant, fantastic playmaker. Like he's he's a genius on the court, but he just has so many deficiencies. Like he's just not an effective scorer. His defense comes and goes. You know he gets invisible. the The court shrinks when he's in there. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, yeah, you can bring all the intelligence and the basketball genius and all that, but if you can't hit a three and if you can't be a guy who can create something 
consistently off the dribble. Like, then what are you? Like, what value do you have? Right. Then you should be on the sideline in a suit, <laughs> calling timeouts, setting up plays. Which, yeah. to his credit, I think he'll be an absolute genius at. And I guess he's going to be doing that for the next three to five weeks. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Rondo, the head coach, I'm very much looking forward to that. Oh, no. He's he's way too ornery. I don't think... I think when he ages, I think he mellows out a little bit. Maybe, yeah. That's possible. I mean, look, it... I don't think it materially affects the Lakers all that much. If any... Like, right. look, LeBron James is still a plenty credible playmaker on his own. You still have Lonzo Ball. Brandon Ingram, we just joked about, but, like, he did thrive as a playmaker last year. So... Between those three guys, I think you have enough sources of, like, creation that the Lakers mm. will be fine. Uh, it will be interesting to see if Lonzo can really, like, this is his chance to firm up that starting point guard job for the rest of the season. Like, if he plays well over the next couple weeks, Rondo is not going to supplant him when he comes back. So this, right. is, this is really his opportunity to make a big mark and say, like, I am here for the long run. Like, I am... I am uh, compatible with LeBron. I am compatible with Ingram in the starting lineup. Mm. Let's go. Like, this is our core. The long run meaning the rest of the 2018-2019 season? (laughs) No, till February when they all get traded. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. at least for 2018. Right, right. Yeah, right. At least for the calendar year of 2018. (laughs) Correct. Uh, All right, let's quickly touch on Karis LeVert. Uh, Look, at this point, we're just grateful he, I mean, he suffered a bad ankle injury, I believe, on Monday. Mm-hmm. But considering how bad it looked, I mean, like, I, if you haven't seen the video, first of all, don't go watch it. Please, like, for whatever. Unless you can handle it. No. Unless you can handle no, it. No, you don't. You just don't want to see it. It looked Hayward-esque. Like, his ankle turned the completely wrong way. Well, so I everyone mean, thought hang it was like... on a second. You, you, I woke up to a DM from you saying, do not watch the Karis LeVert injury. Yeah. Yeah. And the first thing I did was go watch it of because now you, you, you made it, you made it a thing. Sure. Like, Great. So, so now that you've just told a couple thousand people, <laughs> hey, don't go watch that thing. Everyone would be like, who, who haven't watched it yet will be going, yeah, I am. <laughs> and yes, you're absolutely right. It looked horrendous. Like, oh, I like, thought you were gonna like rebut that and say no, it no, actually no, no, didn't no. look that bad. No, okay. no, no, it looked it looked horrible. I'm just saying, right. like, but I will. Uh, no, I mean, I saw it here after again after the news came out that he might return this season. Yeah, yeah, and that just made me like, oh, oh, that's good. Yeah. Now, now I now I feel a lot better sitting here watching this gruesome injury again. Right. Because we know that the result isn't as bad. Like you and I, we thought he would be out for. At the very least, the rest of the season. Oh, my God, and, yeah. I mean, yeah. the immediate reaction was, like, this was just another Hayward. Like, he was done until next year. Yeah. For sure. But, look, I mean, so he... We don't know when he's coming back. He had a dislocation of his right foot. He will not require surgery. Hopefully, he makes it back at some point this year. This is a blow, once again, to the your, your long-standing, the Nets are better than people think. Which they are this year. To your, in yes, your they are. The Nets were, and they were last year as well because D'Angelo was hurt and right. Jeremy Lin yeah. was out. Yeah. But let's let's have it a moment of appreciation for Karis LeVert because you mentioned him as the most improved player candidate coming into the he season. He was my pick. It was a damn good pick. Yes, it was. I mean, I know. Thank like you. 14, Partial credit. Yeah. Well, fourteen. He played fourteen games. 
in less than 30 minutes a game, 18.4 points, 4.3 rebounds, 3.7 mm-hmm. assists, 1.43 is 1.2 steals. Yep. Shooting 47.5% from the field, handling the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. Zach Lowe has a great feature on him that came out on Tuesday. If you guys haven't read it yet, go read it. Like he he is the heart and soul of that team. He is, yes. And he just that stat line you mentioned, by the way. I just need to uh, to reiterate. He actually got that while having two games where he only scored four points. So that wow. really lowered his average. Uh huh. So you know, take those away, and he's a lot better. Yeah. I just want to pump him up a little bit more. <laughs> right. Because yeah. he, I think he deserves it. He, look, he started off the, the year 27, 28, 19. I mean, he just came in, you know, spitting balls of fire. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, he was – he's very good. And, I mean, this was even dating back to his time at Michigan. Oh, yeah. Like, he would have been a lottery pick if not for the injury concerns. Yes, sir. I mean – he does have the injury concerns which suck but look i mean he's really good and he's like you know i saw in in lowe's article which drove me nuts was a quote like people were talking about like oh yeah you know everyone's like fawning over the rebuild that sean marks has done but like they don't have top end talent well you know how you get top end talent is getting high lottery picks you know what the nets didn't have from the KG and Paul Pierce trade is high lottery picks. But like Marks has hit a lot of moves on the fringe, such as right. trading the, like the they traded, I believe it was Thaddeus Young for the pick that they used on Karis Levert. And Levert is a gamble because he has this history of foot injuries, but at at pick 20 where the hit rate is not all that high, mm-hmm. if you get a lottery caliber talent who can stay healthy, that's worth it. Like that's how you get this kind of talent. You know, like that they brought in D'Angelo Russell, who was not panned out as you would hope for a number two pick. But look, I just looked it up. Levert's the only player in the NBA averaging at least eighteen points, four rebounds, three assists, another thirty minutes a night. The only player this season. Yep. He was really good. So like we we needed to have this moment of Karis Levert appreciation because I don't mm-hmm. know that we're gonna have it for the rest of the year, unfortunately. But no. I still want partial credit for my pig at season's end. I agree. I actually stole your pick for work. We do like a little uh, picks pool with, uh, yeah. you know, like awards, who makes the playoffs, what whatnot. I stole Levert as most approved player because the more huh. I thought about it, I was like, that's actually a really good pick. And we didn't have to submit him until like the second game of the season, and Levert started off so hot. I was like, all right, I'm going to go against the grain because everyone picked Brandon Ingram. Uh, but we, I allegedly can change a pick in theory, so I'm going to have to, unfortunately, change that one. But uh, well, it would have been yeah, a good listen, one. Listen to the Dane. Yeah, it was it was a winning pick. He was a legit most approved player candidate. Best yeah. wishes to Karis. We hope he recovers quickly. We hope he oh, gets yeah. back to full strength. Uh, and you know, look, man, the Nets, they're going to be good sooner than people think. I've been saying. Yeah. Uh, All right, let's finish things up with some exciting news. We got this Mm. from Mark Stein of the New York Times, I believe. Uh, The NBA 
and the NBA Players Association. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 8 select styles excludes in-store clearance have agreed that they are going to televise the 2019 all-star game draft this was a big talking point you know last year was the first year they have this all-star game draft idea where the captains of the east and west get to playground style select the rest of the teammates uh last year it happened presumably just like on a skype call or something like we, we genuinely don't know uh rachel nichols of espn was banging the drum for a while about why we needed this thing televised. It's going to happen this year. So, Mort, I think the the best question about this is, who do you think would make for the most fun captains for the East and the West? (laughs) Now I'm going to steal your picks because we talked about this (laughs) off air a little bit. That's fair. Joel Embiid and (laughs) Draymond Green. (laughs) (laughs) See, I think the West has at least a couple... There are a couple fun alternatives. Like in the East, it's it's Jim, it's Joel. Right? I guess like Jimmy Butler would be kind of fun, just because everyone. Oh, oh, Draymond and Jimmy Butler. Yeah, that, <laughs> <laughs> that would be so amazing. Yeah. But like Joel's just gonna be such a troll leading up to it. Afterward, like oh, imagine yeah. if Hassan Whiteside is an All Star, and Joel beats a captain. But he would dunk on his own teammate then. <laughs> no, he wouldn't take him. There's no way. There's literally no way Joel would take Hassan Whiteside. Oh, just or, dunk him in practice? Yeah, I think or Andre Drummond. Could you imagine if Jimmy Butler was the captain and he had a chance to take like Carl <laughs> Anthony Towns? And he's just like, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I know exactly. I want. I want to play defense in the All Star game. <laughs> well, that was like that was the joke. With, with, <clears throat> if we're, Russ was ever a captain, if KD is a captain, are they ever going to pick each other? Or like LeBron last year with Kyrie too. I mean, in all likelihood, it's probably going to be one of in the West. It's going to be LeBron and Curry most likely. Probably oh, LeBron. Curry. Like, no, no. You don't think so? No, Curry. With, come with on, Lakers fans. I don't care. Oh, no. Well, uh, I mean, look, maybe Lakers fans are still too fodding over Kobe. To... Yeah. Oh, look. The Lakers backlash on LeBron is real. I know. For some know. reason. It's been great. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. But but look, Steph Curry on a global scale. Yeah. I I don't know, man. I think it's it, I think it's going to be Curry and Giannis. Yeah. I, th- right. but, I think but, Giannis is the East. Here's the thing. I'm going to watch the All-Star Draft. I'm not going yeah. to watch the game. <laughs> yeah, but the draft should be really fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm genuinely excited for it. Look, I hope I'm already preemptively telling you guys, stuff the ballot box for Joel Embiid. Giannis deserves it too. But, like, Joel's actually been playing at a – I mean, he had his first ever triple-double last night. He's been playing at a legit, like, MVP level, so he deserves to be a captain on, on the merit of his play. Hmm. But also, like, right. look, this is all about entertainment. We have to remember that. And yeah. Joel would just be so effing funny with, mm-hmm. oh, man. Oh, please. Like, do the right thing, NBA Twitter. Let's rally the troops. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i be tweeting it every day. 
I'm going to need you guys to retweet it or tweet it yourselves because we, we need to get Joel Embiid as an all-star captain. And then in the West, I mean, there, Russ would be really funny. I don't think it's going to happen just because he's, you know, he's had some injuries already. Yeah, no. And you know what? I don't think it would be. I don't think he has that funny bone. I think he does. I just think he doesn't show it to the media. Well, yeah, and this is going to be televised, which is yeah. the media. Yeah. Here's the thing: like Draymond would unintentionally be funny. Oh yeah, Draymond. Would That's be the really thing. Funny. So I'm just going to troll you and Philly fans for a bit. Okay. If if Embiid is chosen as you know a captain, uh huh, will he choose Ben Simmons? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know. No. I know it'd be interesting if we chose Jimmy and then didn't shoot Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. There would be there would be some I'm, takes. Look, I mean that this has been a thing for a while now. I'm at least monitoring that situation yeah. as much as I can. Yeah. Um. We'll we'll see. I'm. I don't know how to feel about that whole thing. If, you know, I I think it's fine if those two guys just have a working relationship. Like they sure. don't need to be friends. Yeah. But at the same time, like let's say Jimmy comes in and him and Embiid just becomes best buds for life. Yeah, Joel would like be more be inclined to be like, "Hey Ben, why don't you be my best friend as well? Why do, you we've been together for so many years? You're not be my best friend. Why not?" Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm already worried about it. I just, oh, yeah. I, the the only saving grace is that they have many more years of team control over Simmons. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, there have been enough rumblings at this point. It was like Adrian Wojnarowski is. Tw- teased at it a few times. Zach Lowe has mentioned it. Yaron Weitzman of Bleacher Report just had a column the other day. It just, some like some anonymous, I think it was an Eastern Conference executive said there's like it's very obvious chemistry issues in the locker room already. So yeah, it's just something to keep tucked in the back of your mind. Especially like Simmons did not have a great game in Butler's debut. I Again, I like, I can't contradict myself because I preached patience 20 minutes ago. Like I'm not super worried yet, but yeah, it's <laughs> there. There seem to be rumblings about Simmons and Embiid that are growing increasingly louder. So it's something to keep an eye on. But I mean, well, at least they have Jimmy Butler to come in and ease that entire tension. Yeah, yeah. Add that to Marco Fultz, it's gonna be great. Nothing could ever go wrong with that. Oh, on that note, what a great place <laughs> to end. <laughs> So thank you all for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at the NBA pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio. So give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes. So please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. And we are now being hosted on Spreaker. So again, check your RSS feeds to make sure, but we should, you should be, if you were subscribed to us already, you should be subscribed to us still. Uh, But you can also find all of our episodes on Twitter and now Spotify, soon to be iHeartRadio, also on Spreaker, iTunes, like Pocket Cast, Podcast Addict, wherever. We're going to be all over the place. Get used to it. So until next time, I'm Brian Tapork, and I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. You too, Brian. The NBA podcast, we will enter you everywhere. <laughs>
Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance.